Side Hustle Show 235, selling digital products to business or government clients. It's an online business success story with a twist. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because everything is learnable. Now, I did some learning while I was recording this episode, and I think you will too. So most of the uh, online business episodes we've done so far have focused on establishing authority or expertise in a given area and then selling digital products to individuals who want to know what you know, like uh, Jacques Hopkins from pianoin21days.com. That was episode 223. Or Colin Jones from blackjackapprenticeship.com, uh, and that was episode 227. But what if your expertise isn't well-suited to that model of selling directly to individuals? And even if it is, is that B2C targeting selling yourself short? That's the position that Ryan Dowd found himself in. By day, he is the executive director at the second largest homeless shelter in Illinois. But by night and early morning, he's an adjunct professor. He's a side hustling attorney. And he's the creator of homelesslibrary.com. It's an online training course that teaches library staff how to work with their homeless patrons with confidence and with compassion. In this episode, you'll hear how Ryan came up with the idea for this side business, packaging up the knowledge and expertise he gained from his day job, how he created the content for the course, and how he's priced, marketed, and sold it to libraries all over the country. Now, a fun fact for you, working at the library was actually my first real job uh, back in high school. It was Bellevue Regional Library for all listeners in the Seattle area. It was a time and a half on Sundays, man. It was a good gig. So as you listen in, I want you to think about how you can apply Ryan's strategy to your own online business and all the information and knowledge that you've got tucked away in your brain. Notes, links, and a free downloadable summary of this conversation are at sidehustlenation.com slash Ryan, R-Y-A-N. Before we dive in, let me take a moment to thank today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. Running a side hustle is tough enough as it is, so why make life any harder? FreshBooks is here to simplify the administrative side of your business. They'll save you time dealing with your paperwork, the accounting stuff, the invoicing, expense tracking, so you can spend more time making your hustle happen. For your free 30-day trial, go to FreshBooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. My top takeaways from this chat with Ryan after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. I spoke at a, at a kind of local conference of librarian executive directors about, about homelessness because a friend asked me to do it. And they loved it. In fact, they loved it so much that they started asking me to come to their libraries and train them. And of course, I completely missed the fact that, wow, if they're asking me to come train them, there's, there's a potential business opportunity there. And so instead, I made a quickie YouTube video, half an hour long, threw it up on YouTube. And anytime anybody called me up and asked me to, to, to train their staff, I just said, hey, go, to the, go watch the YouTube video instead. And then I forgot about it. And a few years later, I got a call from the American Library Association. They were writing an article. I said, I, you know, why are you calling me? And they said, well, you know, your, your online YouTube video is now kind of standard training at libraries all around the country. Wow. It was crazy because I had only given the link away to maybe a half a dozen people. It just spread. And it, I think even today, it still gets, you know, 15 or something new views a day. How many views are on it now? I think we're at like 12,000 or something like that. Okay. So that's, it's not huge in the realm of things going viral on YouTube, but for a very targeted audience, especially for a half hour video. Yeah. Yeah. Half hour video, super, super targeted and had absolutely zero advertising whatsoever. I think, again, I gave the link to like half a dozen people. So it started because they say, Hey, this guy, we know that your friend said, Hey, I know this guy, he works at the homeless shelter. He can come and give us this training or he can come, you know, speak at our event. Yeah. I didn't have a training at that point. I just, you know, they asked me to speak. I came out and and gave a little little talk and and then it kind of went from there. And then after I got this call from the American Library Association, I started thinking about, you know, that's kind of odd. And, and again, I just kind of tucked it away in the back of my brain. And, and then I'll go a little cliche on you. 
I had a four-hour week work week like everybody else. Okay. And I was sitting around thinking like, oh, what what could I do if if only there was something that people would be interested for me to to teach them or or to do for them or whatnot. And uh, you know, I tried a couple other things that completely bombed and. And it just kind of clicked in me like, oh my gosh, I got people that are trying to get me to do trainings and are, are watching this video, even though it's it's not even a very good video. I wonder if there's something there. So I took a little time to put together a, a real training video, a two and a half hour training video, threw it up on Weebly, and it just kind of went crazy from there. And, and now I've got a, a book deal from the American Library Association, and I'm speaking at conferences. And um, it's just been a, a crazy wild ride with a completely accidental start. Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Is okay. So tell me a little bit about the the product itself. This two and a half hour training is this one video? Is it broken up into modules? Like, how did you decide? How am I going to expand on the thirty minute the YouTube thing that's out there for free? Yeah, so I it's it's two and a half hours long. It's broken up into modules that are about anywhere between two and let's say six or seven minutes. And the way I I filmed it was worked out really well. I just went to the local library and I said, Hey, can I do? A, I'll do three free trainings for you guys, for your staff. But in return, on the third one, I get to videotape it. And so brought in a videographer. And on the third one, I just did a live training and just happened to, you know, had the camera in there and then went back and broke it up and turned it into a video training. But I think that live audience really gives the video a, a better feel than, than just me just talking to the camera or talking to the screen. Oh, okay. And because I'd done it two times prior, I, I got a chance to tweak out what didn't work and, and add some things. And it was better than if I had just sat down and tried to do it in one take. Okay. That's no, that's actually a really cool way to do it. So I'm going to do the training for free, but we can film that. And so you have, you have the energy of a live audience and you can get, were people asking questions during this? So was there that kind of involvement? There was a few questions here and there, but it's also, it's, there's some interactive parts where I have to do demonstrations. And so I was pulling people from the audience to have them demonstrate some of the different techniques and whatnot. So again, the live audience worked out really, really well. So did this stem from the four-hour work week of like, well, here's a way to potentially scale this expertise that has been bestowed upon me and reach a wider audience versus just like the local libraries in Chicago? You know, at first I didn't, I didn't really know what it would be other than you mentioned I do a lot of things on the side. I get bored really easy and so I like to try new stuff. And so I thought, you know, I'll do this and it'll be fun and I can share with some librarians. And like maybe if it went really, really well, maybe I could make like, thousand or two thousand dollars like how cool would that be and i made that like my first sale and it's just been it's been crazy ever since but it, there really wasn't a lot of intentionality at the beginning i just kind of started and to see where it would go did you know that roughly half of side hustle nation hasn't started their side hustle yet if that's you i get it starting and building a business is tough it takes more than just an idea there are tons of moving parts and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. 
Well, talk to me about that first sale. Maybe was this online? Was this somebody that you had a previous relationship with? Like, how did they find you? You know, I'll be honest. I don't even know. So I threw up the a website on Weebly. Super, super simple. Nothing, nothing complicated. And then I put a, a link on the YouTube video saying, "Hey, if you like this, if you want, if you want to hear more, come to homelesslibrary.com." And then put up a little email here to get on our list. And I think probably my first. 20, 50, 100 people for the list just purely from the YouTube video. And one of them bought and I made all my money back that I invested at point times three. You know, it was just took off from there. What did you have invested in it at that point for the videographer and, and editing the videos? Well, so the videographer was a friend who owed me a favor. Okay. And so that was free. I think I bought him dinner. <laughs> and then I edited the videos myself. And so that was free. So I think my total investment up front was like $362 the web hosting and the video hosting and a couple things like that, but it was, you know, negligible. What'd you end up using for the video hosting? Vimeo. Okay. Yeah. I tried using Weebly's built-in system and it just, if somebody had a slow internet connection, which apparently libraries oftentimes do, it just couldn't keep up. And so Vimeo does a much better job of kind of downgrading the quality so that it doesn't break apart. Okay. I didn't know that. So people are coming to the to the site from YouTube primarily at the beginning, and they have the option to buy the full course. They have the option to join the newsletter. Did you find most people were, I'm going to sign up for this email list first and see what this is all about? Or like, did people just click the buy button? You know, a lot of people just, they would email me and say, hey, can I give it a try? And so I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, it, it's an online product that costs me nothing to give a free sample and so I worked out from that from fairly early on that I would give it for free to any library for one staff. And so you can try the entire thing. It's not like you have to you have to try to guess from a, a webinar. You have to try to guess what it's like from samples. You can actually do the entire training yourself, take the quiz at the end, the whole bit. But if you want your colleagues to take it, if you want your coworkers to take it, if you want the rest of your library to be able to do it, then that's where you're going to have to pay. Okay. What's the price point look like for that? So it, it ranges based on the size of the library. So I do it based on the, the staff size. So the smallest library is going to be about $300 for the year. And the biggest library is going to be about $2,500 currently. Um, though I, I'm kind of always tweaking that, trying to see what uh, what works best. Okay. And this is one thing that separates this course from other online courses that we're talking about, where you're not just selling it one-to-one, -one, you're selling it you know one-to-many, which I guess is the advantage of an online course to begin with. But one customer could be multiple licenses. So it's like, not just I'm heading it to this head librarian. It's like, well, all of your staff need to take this training. And so in that sense, it's a little bit more even scalable. So one customer could be a much bigger sale than just a one-off purchase. If you found that to be true, most people are buying multiple licenses or they have to based on you know the number of staff they have on hand. Yeah. So I give them two options. Either they can buy a fixed number of licenses and the price point is kind of lower but almost everybody buys just just buys a license for the entire library, and I try to encourage that. And, you know, it's funny. It doesn't. You know, it sounds like a lot of money to me. Three hundred to twenty five hundred. It's not. You know, it's not a ton compared to people out there that are doing you know one thousand or five thousand dollar courses for a single individual. Yeah. But for a library budget, most libraries, particularly right now, they don't have you know a ton of discretionary income. And so, if you know, if I were to try to charge a thousand dollars per staff member, I would get zero sales. I mean, there's just no way around that. I would get zero sales. Yeah. Do you find they have a dedicated budget for this type of training or for just like, you know, continuing education in general? So what I found is there's two types of libraries. There's those that have a real budget where they can actually, they invest in training and there's those that have zero budget. And so it's interesting that, that you know, you either, you either get the sale or you don't. There's not a lot, there's no haggling, there's no negotiating, there's no, well, you know, 
Um, you know, I could pay a little bit less because they, they just, they either have the resources to do this and they do it or they don't. And there's just really no, there's nothing I can say or do. Okay. Have you found any other difficulties in selling to kind of a government entity? Like what's that sales cycle look like? Is there a bunch of decision makers, bureaucracy involved? Like that sounds intimidating to even try to get a foot in the door. Yeah. So it's, um, well, the foot in the door is actually fairly easy again, cause I'm giving away the f- entire training for one person for free. And so that's, that's a pretty easy, pretty easy ask. Okay. It can take the, the lead time can be quite a while between when they reach out to me and say, yeah, I want to try it. And when they actually plunk down some money, I mean, it can be, I'd say probably average is four weeks. I would say sometimes it's, it's a matter of days. Sometimes it's two and a half, three months depending on the size of the library and how many decision makers there are. And so there's a committee that has to make these decisions and whatnot. Yeah. And so I just, I've just got a system now where I send them an email to check in and I flag it for, you know, one to two weeks out based on how long I think they're going to take. And if I don't hear anything or I check up in a week or two and I just kind of, every once in a while, I'll just kind of ping them and say, Hey, how you guys doing? Any questions or anything until they either they buy or say, you know, sorry, we're just not going to be able to go there. And, and so it's, it's not super time intensive to, to check in. Okay, but it is a process that involves you and your email. Are you jumping on phone calls with these guys too, or is it just directing people to the purchase page on on the website? Yeah, I think I've talked to maybe one person on the phone because they asked, but in general, okay. this is this is all by email. Wow. Okay. Do you have to generate a specific link, or is there like a range? Here's like the the middle tier size library purchase page, or like how does that work with a variably priced product? Yeah, I've got like, I don't know, seven tiers. And so I've just got seven different pricing pages. And based on the size of the library, I send them to whichever link to their size. Okay. And is is the Weebly site generating unique logins for all their staff? Or how does the tech side of it work? So I started with Weebly and and I'm actually switching to a different service provider that's kind of tailored for libraries. And that, that's a little more sophisticated than Weebly. But with Weebly, yeah, it can, you send them a special link to a special page and then it can generate unique logins for each of their employees. It works really well. Okay. I've never used Weebly outside of just making a, a very quick, basic website to see what it was all about. So I don't know all the, all the tech or all the functionality that's under the hood there. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I, you know, I thought there's no way this can handle it, but it's not flawless and it doesn't look super sophisticated, but it was more than adequate to get me the first, you know, 25, 30 sales or whatever. So what's the new platform that you're switching to? It's called nicheacademy.com. And it, it started as these guys who were, I think, going to do training websites for people who had these kind of niche trainings. And then they quickly discovered that libraries needed a platform for training for their for their patrons. And so their kind of main sales is to libraries who, who buy the platform to do trainings on, you know, how to use their card catalog, if they still have a card catalog and how to use Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And and then this, this kind of side corner of the, of the site is trainings for library staff that you can that you can purchase. So it was kind of a good, it was a good fit for me. Okay. Do you find that most of your sales are still coming through YouTube or are there other marketing channels you found effective to drive traffic to the site? The YouTube gets me a little bit here or there, but the two big ones for me now are speaking at conferences, which is, this is kind of cool. So, you know, Illinois Library Association Conference. Ohio Library Associations Conference and whatnot. What's really cool about that is that, first off, I get paid to go advertise more or less. What I do is I'll go to the conference as a presenter, do the training for them live, collect email addresses, and then email them you know, a week or so later and say, hey, if you're interested in a price quote for your whole library to get this training, let me know. And I got a 
ton of sales after a conference, after I've spoken at a conference, which again, it's just really cool because I get paid to be there in the first place. And at least one of them, my family came with and hung out at the water park while I was off doing a training and then follow up a week later and make some sales. And it's just, it's been a really cool way to, to drive sales. Okay. Now, how, how many of these conferences have you done? Uh, I don't know, a half dozen maybe now. And I've got, I'm actually going through the process right now of applying for ones in the, in the fall. And so my hope is to pick up another, you know, half dozen, dozen in the fall and go from there. Is that a proactive pitch? Be like, Hey, I'd love to speak at your event. Here's my area of expertise. Yeah. Most of them have a page where you can apply to be a presenter and you say, you know, here's my little hundred word bio and here's my hundred word pitch on what it would be. And here's what my rate would be to be there. And then they, they just say yes or no. Okay. If they say no, that's fine. If they say yes, then I put it on the schedule and head out there. Do those trips conflict with work, with the day job? They're usually planning six or more months out. And so six or more months out, it's not a big deal for me to take a vacation day and, and set that day aside to head off and do this. Okay. Fair enough. What else? How else are you getting this in front of potential decision makers at these libraries? So I tried Facebook ads and it was a complete and utter total failure. And so, yeah, I may try that again later, but the, the thing that's been working for me right now is just direct email. And so I, I have a, a guy in Bangladesh that I, I got on Upwork and he essentially goes through the internet and gets me email addresses for librarians at, at you know, I'll say like, Hey, give me every librarian's email address for California that you can find. And then I, I just go through and I email one person in each library and I say, Hey, who in your library would be interested in trying out this, this free training? You know, no strings attached. You can try it if you don't like it at no cost. And I get about a, I think about a 20% response rate on that. Okay. Gosh, that's, that's really high for cold outreach. Yeah. But it's, again, it's, it's, I'm not saying, Hey, do you want to buy this? It's, Hey, do you want to try it for free? No strings attached. Yeah. So I get about 20% response rate on that. And then about 10 or 15% of those people actually buy, which considering my Bangladeshi guy works for like $4 and 50 cents an hour, the profit margin between his cost and and the sales is like five or six or seven to one or something like that. Yeah. Well, I hope he's not listening to this because he might he might ask for a raise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. 
work trips, client meetings, industry conferences. With Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. Now, working in the nonprofit world or working in the you know, for good homeless shelter world. Do you do you feel like any sense of capitalist guilt, for lack of a better word, of like charging for this stuff? Yeah, at first it was really, really, really hard for me. I'm used to the model of you, you know, you go off and you get rich people to give you money to help poor people and never, ever, ever charge a penny for what you do. And so at first it was, I really struggled with that. And then an interesting thing happened was I gave the training away free to some libraries that, that I, when I say I had friends that worked at them. And this interesting thing happened. They had free access to the training and like two staff out of a hundred would actually try it. And then I got these other libraries that are paying me thousands of dollars and all of their staff are doing it. So literally I had one, I had one library where they, they had all one, all 550 of their staff do the training. And the difference between those that paid and those that didn't was just astronomical. The ones that didn't pay just didn't value it at all and didn't ask their staff to take it. And the ones yeah. who paid way, way, like it just it, it impacted way more people's lives if they paid than if they didn't. And so obviously the money is great, but at the same time, part of why I do this is because I want librarians to, to have the skills to work with homeless people better so that homeless people get treated better. And if I didn't ask the libraries to pay, they wouldn't do the training. It's really weird. Yeah, I've found the same thing, you know, with, with any online course, even the ones that I have joined or, you know, people have given me access to. It's like, if I didn't plunk down the cash, it's like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. But if I paid for it, it's like, okay, I better take this. I better get my money's worth. Yeah, it's funny. I, I realized that about myself too, but yet the kind of nonprofit liberal guilt still still came in strong initially until I realized this. Okay. Well, that, that helps. It actually, this kind of is getting my gears turning on the, I guess the the corporate training or the employee training market and how big that really is and almost an easier sale than trying to reach individuals because individuals are so fickle like you say you got to go do the facebook ad thing or you know this longer term like content marketing strategy versus hey i'm targeting libraries i can have a virtual assistant go find me decision makers at libraries go find me email addresses of people at these libraries and even if you're targeting you know other companies i just you're getting I'm trying to think of you know what I could train somebody on, but, but there's undoubtedly lots of different opportunities out there in the in the training space or in kind of a productized training space with doing an online course aimed at companies instead of individuals. So really cool stuff, Ryan. I'm curious how with all with all the other stuff you got going, how much time are you investing into the homeless library business at this point? Yeah, I'd say probably anywhere between three and 15 hours in a normal week. And then in a crazy week where I, if I have to fly to another state, obviously it's going to be a lot more. I'm writing a book right now. And so I took a week off from work and just wrote for 16 hours a day for a week straight. And so obviously that was a little more time intensive, but in a typical week, it's going to be somewhere between three and 15. So I will say I am teaching my wife how to do parts so that I can send some of it over to her. 
Okay. Well, tell me about the book. So is does the book cover the same material as the course? Yeah, yeah. The book is kind of the the book version of the training with you know with more stories thrown in to make it a little more enjoyable read than the training per se. You're selling to librarians. They love to read. Are you worried like this is going to cannibalize the course sales? You know, no, <laughs> not at all. Because it's funny. I was talking to some librarians about this very thing, and, and they told me, and I won't I won't name any names. I don't want to out them. But they said, you know, librarians actually, you would think they would just want to read, but librarians are like everybody else. It's just a lot easier to watch video than it is just to plunk down with a book. So I'm not worried at all. It's going to cannibalize. In fact, if anything, the kind of notoriety, the, the awareness it creates within library land to have a book is it's huge, okay. particularly a book that's published by the American Library Association, which if they commit to publish your book, they commit to advertise it to all like 90 or 100,000 of their members. And so I anticipate that what's happening now is, is minor compared to what's going to happen when the book pops. And did that book deal come to you based on them finding your YouTube video? Or how did you go about saying, I'd like to do a book? So I was speaking at a conference and the American Library Association's publishing arm had a had a booth there. And I wandered over there and I started talking to them and I just kind of casually said, hey, you know, how does how does somebody pitch a book to you guys? And the woman gave me the, the name and the email address of exactly how to do it. And so I, I reached out and said, hey, you know, Judy at the conference suggested I reach out to you. And you know, I think within within days, we were on the fast track to, to getting a book deal. Very cool. When does that come out? Well, I got to finish writing it first. <laughs> and then they, the publishers tell me it takes them about six months to do all the formatting and the editing and creating a cover and all that kind of stuff. So I hope to have it done here in the next month or two. And then, it, then it'll take about six months after. Well, very cool. We'll be on the lookout for that. You can find Ryan's stuff at homelesslibrary.com if you want to check out, see what he's got going on over there. If you want to try and emulate that in a different in a different vertical, in a different niche, or if you're a librarian, there's probably some out there. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is not trying to build perfection on the first try. I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I always want to have every little detail absolutely perfect and every grain of knowledge jammed in that I possibly can. And and kind of left to my own devices, I would take six years to build something. And I had to learn to just, you know, build a version one, get it out there, learn from that version, make a version two, then learn from that and make a version three. And so even now with the book, I'm learning new things with the book. And so I'll go back and re-record the entire training video after I'm done with the book based on the things I learned from that. Oh, okay. It's just the analogy. If you had to get from Washington, D.C. to San Francisco, if you try to do it in a big slingshot, you have to get the angles exactly right. But if you do it in an airplane, you, you know, you can course correct along the way. I'm sure I'm completely butchering that analogy. But the <laughs> idea, just, just get started and course correct as you go versus taking forever to build perfection on the first round. I can relate to that too. Don't try and build perfection on the first try. If I tried to do that, there would never be an episode one, let alone episode (laughs) 200 something of the Side Hustle Show. So Ryan, appreciate you joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. When you're trying to grow your side hustle into a full-time gig or even a four-hour work week, the trick is to make sure your pile of paperwork isn't growing as well. This is where our friends at FreshBooks come in. They've created cloud accounting software for side hustlers, freelancers, and entrepreneurs like us who need to keep the admin and paperwork in check, but don't have a lot of time to do it. Now, if you're closing higher ticket sales or targeting a business or government customer like Ryan, those customers are often going to want to see an invoice or a purchase order. Now, when that happens, don't freak out. It's a good thing, especially when you've got fresh books. 
With FreshBooks, you can whip up professional-looking invoices in minutes, track your time, and manage your projects from their beautifully redesigned new online interface. You can also use the FreshBooks mobile app to do it all on the go and even snap pictures of your receipts to claim expenses and maximize those tax deductions. To see how the all-new FreshBooks can save you time dealing with your paperwork so you can spend more time making your hustle happen, go to freshbooks.com slash sidehustle to start your 30-day free trial today. That's freshbooks.com slash sidehustle for your free 30-day trial. All right, my top takeaways from this call with Brian. Number one, help a specific business with a specific problem. It doesn't get more niche than this at homelesslibrary.com, but at the core, Brian identified a pain point he knew he could help solve and a customer with a budget. We touched on the corporate training potential a little in last week's sales coaching episode too, but I just think there's a huge market for niche training like this. And even though Ryan made it sound like this opportunity fell in his lap, he did a lot of things proactively to make that lap falling happen. He said yes to giving the initial talk. He said yes to creating the YouTube video. He said yes to doing the training. He said yes to the book deal. And he could have passed on all of that. He could have said, look, I'm busy with my job and my other side hustles and my kids. But, you know, he put himself in the position to succeed. And so with that in mind, maybe the sub takeaway uh, on this one is, is putting yourself out there into the world and agreeing with other people's perceived opinion of your expertise, or at least being open to it instead of downplaying it. Takeaway number two for me was it doesn't take many customers to make an exciting business. When you're selling to businesses and not individuals, your price points can be higher and one sale could mean dozens of licenses. I think that's really cool. And when it's still digital delivery, your incremental costs are almost nothing. So I love it. <laughs> Takeaway number three was to validate your idea with low overhead. With 12,000 YouTube views, that was Ryan's validation that people were interested in this topic. And maybe that's where you start too with a YouTube video or a series of videos to see if this is something that anybody's searching for help with. Or alternatively, if there are already videos with lots of views, you know there's a proven demand and you can skip directly to the marketing stage. You know, go pass, uh, go collect your $200 and let's do this. You can even use Ryan's tactic of, look, I'm going to give you this training for free, but I'm going to film it for future use. Love it. Once again, be sure to head over to SideHustleNation.com slash Ryan to grab the free PDF highlight reel from this conversation. And of course, to check out all the links and resources mentioned. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where I'll be unpacking the most impactful number one tips from my last 50 guests. It's always a ton of fun to go back through those and share how I've applied those uh, to my own business. So I will see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.